0: God really wants to invade some circumstances of darkness today with incredible light. I want you to really understand that. God wants to invade. How many of you know there's some dark circumstances that can come our way? Disappointing situations. And today is very strategically. Holy Spirit, I pray that the words spoken in this room right now would be more than words of humanity But God, let the sound of heaven erupt in our hearts. Let there be an awakening that you're speaking something. We don't want to just come have a nice service. Lord, we want to come and encounter God Almighty that brings transformation to circumstances and situations beyond our wildest imagination. Amen and amen. And so we're looking at just an incredible season of time in the history of Israel. I personally am loving journeying through each and every book of the Bible. We're almost finished with the Old Testament now, so we've been at this for a while. Uh, But Jesus said in John 5, the scriptures speak of me. So we're looking in each and every book and discovering how each book of the Bible uniquely speaks of Christ. So today is Jesus in Zechariah. It's again one of those books that not too many people are even aware of, those small uh, books in the end of the Old Testament, those minor prophets. And we have one more to conclude the Old Testament, then we will move into the New Testament four Gospels and see some things that are uh, aligning and, and similar in all four gospels as a part of that study together how Jesus is being revealed uniquely but I want to take you to a verse of scripture and it uh, you need to understand very strategically today Jesus is revealed in the book of Zechariah as the one who brings a restoration of hope now hear that prepare yourself with anticipation how many of you know that there are situations in your life that have slowly eroded to a state of hopelessness and you might not even be aware of it? I, I, I remember when, uh, by the way, nobody claps alone. Come on, let's agree. We're going to break some things today in Jesus' name. We hiss the enemy away by the clapping. Like, let's really engage our faith and declare it today. I'm really believing for restoration of hope today in Jesus' mighty name. If any of you have ever gone in to get glasses after living without them, you know that once you actually got glasses, you realized there were things that you couldn't see correctly before you had the glasses. And so, like, trees aren't fuzzy. They actually have distinct leaves. I remember my dad telling the story of when he went in to get his uh, hearing aids, the first time he went in and they were checking his hearing, they said, yeah, there's some pitches of tones you really need some help with, and they gave him hearing aids. And he came walking out, and as he was walking out, he stopped walking, and he said, I didn't know that there was a crunching of leaves beneath my feet when I was walking. Like, it had been there, but he didn't know it. This is the way, this is the way it happens to us, folks. Our faith slowly diminishes into a posture and a place of ineffectiveness unless we are working to restore and replenish that and stay sharp. I want to say to you, be sharp. The Word of God is, is living and active, sharp. It's sharp like a double-edged sword. Stay sharp. Your worship is an important part of that. Your Word time, turn the page, constantly staying in the Word, staying connected in relationship, congregationally as a family. It's an important part of your staying sharp. Otherwise, your faith slowly erodes and diminishes, and you don't even realize you're you're just living your entire life settling for less. How many of you want to serve notice on settling for less today as we rise up in a greater place of substantial hope and faith in Jesus' mighty name? And so Zechariah, this is what the whole book of Zechariah is about. It's a restoration of hope. And a few really kingpin verses that speak so strategically of Christ. This is tremendous and something I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to to encourage you with today as we get started. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 is this amazing prophecy of the Messiah that one day Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And it was a Hosanna, Hosanna declaration that we see. uh, Palm Sunday, amazing prophecy being uh, fulfilled in scripture from other portions of scripture but this is this verse see your king comes to you righteous i like to see your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey now this is an important prophecy of Jesus coming and being revealed as the Messiah. Because how I many of you know he's the ultimate king of all kings, lord of all lords, most amazing, unconquerable, never defeated before king. Nobody in the history of the world can ever say that. He was the, he was the undefeated, undefeatable king of all kings. So like if there's anybody who's awesome and has the right to disconnect from lowly humanity, it's this king of all kings but he chose and purposed not to ride in on a huge horse, but he chose to ride in on a lowly donkey communicating, I am here to relate with all humanity, no matter who you are, no matter what your accomplishments are or are not. Jesus came to identify and relate. That's a really important element of the God you and I serve. Now, I personally uh, have found great pleasure in trying to identify and relate even like as the pastor of the church and working with the school used to be the principal here and so i will you know find ways to interact with the kids on a level that's sometimes a little bit surprising some people say it's because of my third grade iq but i prefer to say you know that i'm relatable with the kids and so as i uh, go on the campus i find there everything like i'll see kids playing basketball in the gym and i mean i'll kick off my shoes and go out there and i'll jam them third graders down they'll try and shoot and boom I knocked the ball down in their face because like, you know, I want to be relatable, connectable. And, and I came out of the, the business center this, this last week and there were these two fifth grade boys standing here and they were trying to cross the little sidewalk. And as they were walking across on top of the light pole was a big blackbird, you know, those big blackbirds that make a little noise. And, and the kids were scared of the bird. And they were afraid to walk on the sidewalk because the bird was looking at them. I guess they thought he'd come down and, you know, Edgar Allan Poe or something, you know, scratch out their eyes or, or the big black birds. And so as I came out of the building, I heard one of them say, do you think he's dangerous? And so I, I'm thinking, what, you know, what in the world? And, and then I, I'm walking toward, and I realize, oh, they're talking about this crazy bird that's just staring at them. I mean, it, you know, is it really weird? And so I, I realize much to my advantage, I have not even trying to, just walked up behind them. And I am now like almost close enough to reach out and touch them as they know, have no idea I'm there. They are engaged with the spirit, trying to decide, can they walk on the pathway or not? <laughs> Being the re- relatable leader that I want to be, I, I got right behind the two boys and I did this. <laughs> ah, ah. Gave my best, you know, bird sound. To which they responded, ah! <laughs> These fifth-grade boys responded with many decibels louder like third-grade girls right there in the parking lot. I mean, it was just fantastic. I mean, we're glad Jesus relates to us better than I relate to the kids. I mean, like I, uh, we might need to fund certain measures of therapy for children that actually attend our school so this is amazing though because it's a great great depiction and declaration of jesus the messiah who can relate listen he knows what you did he knows what you did but he loves you all the way i mean that's that's what that's saying He comes to, re- it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or where you've been. Jesus goes all the way to wherever you are, not to leave you there, but to empower you to come out that you might help other people come out. That's who He is, that's what He wants in you and in your life for other people as well. So I made mention of this particular uh, insight last week out of Genesis chapter 1. There's a a seemingly uh, Hebrew word that doesn't translate into any English translations. And I'm going to show you how to find those, by the way, in just a moment. But Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what you find when you look at that in the original Hebrew language is that the fourth word never translates in any English translation. And the reason it doesn't translate is because it's technically not a word. It's just two letters. It's the beginning letter. Letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the end letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And that sounds like something, doesn't it? Revelation chapter 1, where Jesus says, I was dead, but now I'm alive, I'm the beginning and the end. The declaration, I'm the Alpha and Omega. How many know Jesus is the beginning and the end? So he's revealed right there in Genesis 1 in an amazing way. And if you read that into it, it would be kind of like this. Uh, In the beginning, God, the Alpha and Omega, or the beginning and the end. If you borrow from the Greek translation of that out of that, that would be the expression. Well, we see this, this little two-letter expression in other parts of the Bible. Just so happens as we're finding Jesus in the book of Zechariah, he's here too. And this is really fantastic. I love this because this is a clear depiction and expression of Jesus being pierced or crucified on the cross. And here's the prophecy, Zechariah twelve ten. And they will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn. Uh, and it goes on and explains kind of the moment that's going on there. But they will look on me, the one who they have pierced, the one they have crucified. And what's wonderful, if you might make a note on your note card, just so you can remember, they will look on me. There's that word again that doesn't ever translate. The one that they pierced. They will look on me, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, the one who will die but will come back to life. They will look on me, the Messiah is revealed in Scripture in fantastic and amazing ways. Not only in like the Scripture that translates that we can read, but like in the Scripture that didn't translate that we really, uh, we start to discover. It. How many of know we're going to spend all eternity figuring out how Jesus was revealed in crazy, amazing, fantastic ways? It's going to be an amazing, amazing class every week on Wednesday morning, when the father comes in and he says, class, children, and he starts teaching us, you know, this is right here, this right. You're like, how did I miss that? It's so amazing. When you start to like have those moments in your personal time of study and there's an awakening within you, there's something in you that comes alive that wasn't alive before. You know why? Because you were born to translate the revelation of God and the revealing of who he is to become more of who God's called and designed you to be. It's an amazing, amazing thing to think about what that's like when God breathes inspiration into us in the same way he breathed into Adam. So is it the case, folks. You and I need God to breathe into us on a daily basis. That's why your prayer life and your devotion time is so important. That's why our gathering here to know how to more effectively seek God as believers, men and women of God, is so vitally important. So I'm just going to give you a quick idea how you can find this type of stuff. Those of you that want to do some additional study, I've got a couple of pictures that'll pop up. I want to just give you my, my first go-to website whenever I'm trying to find the original words and look at those, and it's BibleHub.com. You might just write it on your page if you're interested, BibleHub.com. So here's a pic, if you'll put that up. There we go. Uh, and this just takes you, you know, to Genesis 1, and, and if you look, uh, it says, I don't know how to explain it. I need a pointer, don't I? Parallel, sermons, topics, Strong's comment, interlinear, Hebrew, lexicon. You see those? If you click on those, they'll take you to these different studies. If you click on lexicon, then it'll take you to this. Actually, interlinear takes you to this. Note, there are your Hebrew words. And, uh, and you can kind of look at that and see. And you have to read Hebrew, by the way, uh, the wrong direction. So read right to left. And, and it's kind of jumble. In the beginning created God. Look, there's that word. It doesn't translate. There's no English word there. That's the fourth. Word in the Hebrew language. So as you're reading that and you see that you think what there's no I mean that what is that supposed to be and you start to study these things out You can do different things. I know uh, Lee Cody has done a lot of teaching in Hebrew honey and and has continued to do some of those things You can get that type of information sitting in classes and and working with people who have studied this out You can also find those resources as Christians because like Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey You know what that means? None of this stuff is like supreme revelation that you don't deserve like you need all that God wants to reveal and give to you so study to show yourself approved get in the word seek God over uh, what he's trying to reveal to you in scripture and let it awaken you in amazing ways can I get an amen? amen so last week we looked at Jesus and Haggai and I want to just bring a quick parallel and comparison to that because in Haggai we learned that that Jesus was the voice that helps conquer distraction and discouragement and we serve notice on distraction and, discour- and discouragement. And here Zechariah is carrying the very same assignment only with a little bit of an addendum to it. Like Haggai, Zechariah worked to awaken God's people. Wake up, oh sleepers. That was their, That was their core revelation. Wake up, God's people, because they had grown to be very self-absorbed. And they were no longer giving themselves to the building of God's temple or the establishment of God's church in the earth that would one day become God's people that would gather like we're gathering today. I'm so glad that they restored their hope and they stepped back into that uh, dynamic. And and here we are today better as a result. So Haggai and Zechariah both worked in that regard. But Zechariah, unlike Haggai, was not just prophet, but he was also priest. Okay, This is important just in understanding overall context of what we're looking at here. But Zechariah, he carried the ministry of the prophet that had concern for the ruined temple, the temple that was in ruins. But I want you to hear this because this is is where we need to go together today. Personally, some of you need to hear this. Some of you, in just a little while, you're going to stand to your feet when I ask you uh, about this and, and this is going to identify. It's going to relate with some of the frustration, disappointment and great discouragement that is in you right now. Some that you don't even realize the depth of it, and I'm just calling out to expose it. I just declare disappointment will show itself today so that we can attack that enemy and root it out in Jesus' mighty name. We don't want it just to be embedded in there secretly and quietly. Show yourself that we might become the people God's called us to be. And so here, Zechariah, not only a prophet concerned with the temple in ruins, but a priest, he was very concerned with their self-identity that was in ruins and in the same way the temple was in ruins God's people's self-identity was in ruins slowly they had diminished away from understanding who God had called them to be Israel was in jeopardy of forgetting listen this is just vital I mean think about this like the Messiah still has to come and Israel was in jeopardy of forgetting their sacred history and all of these amazing generals from God. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Esther, Samuel, David, Isaiah, more and more. And they were in jeopardy of forgetting all that history of where God had navigated them through the generations. And the reason they were in jeopardy is because they had grown so discouraged being mocked and oppressed now for a century as God's people. Here's the statement that I want to make out of that. After being mocked for a century, they had grown greatly discouraged. Can you relate? <laughs> like, after wondering, "Is God for us anymore?" Anyone feel that way? Anybody wonder, like, "Where is God in my situation?" And it's exactly where they were. Discouraging circumstances over an extended period of time takes a toll on your identity. Discouraging circumstances over an extended period of time will start to take a toll. On your identity. And I want to address that with you, but I want to first address another element. And I I just want to challenge you to think in these terms with me, because this doesn't necessarily make logical sense. Successful accomplishments, successful accomplishments, say that with me so we're all on the same page. Successful accomplishments over an extended period of time can also take its toll on your identity. Think about it. If you're not willing to find your identity in Christ, then successful accomplishments start to tell you who you are. If you're number one in sales this week, then successful accomplishments becoming your identity will actually become your enemy, and next week you'll have no peace until you're number one in sales again. If you won the state championship last year and that became your identity then this year you'll have no peace until you win the state championship again because your identity, you've allowed it to become wrapped up in your accomplishment. And so just the statement again, successful accomplishments over an extended period of time can take a toll on your identity. We have to discover who we are in Christ and remain there. Now, God's people in this scenario, they hadn't lost themselves in places of great success. They'd lost themselves in places of great discouragement. And Zechariah's name means Yahweh remembers. And his name is literally the expression of his purpose. He's very aligned. Yahweh remembers. He, Zechariah, in the book of Zechariah, you read this, and again, you'll come back sometime when you're reading this later, and you'll hear some of the historical context. It'll help you understand the book. But you'll find there are eight visions that he has in this book, and he preaches four messages. All visions, all messages are all about restoration of hope. It's a real good news book in the Old Testament. They're all filled with hope. God was going to remember his promises to his people. So let's start here in Zechariah 1.17. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Will you hear this? Like, will you hear this with ears over you today? This is what the Lord Almighty says. My towns will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion. Zion. God promises to restore and replenish. God is still at work even when you are completely discouraged. God is still, I just want to, it's kind of crazy, but during worship as I was worshiping, I felt the Holy Spirit showing me a a Spirit-led scalpel. Stepping into, just kind of cutting into our circumstances and tearing away some things that need to be torn away. A very precise instrument of his word God is trying to use in our hearts and our lives today. Will you receive that? As I say to you, God is still at work even if you've grown completely discouraged. Don't stop serving in seasons of sadness. Don't stop serving when things don't go your way. Don't stop serving God. Don't stop serving others. Don't stop. Don't develop new rhythms and, and, and you know, taking you in the wrong. Don't stop serving in seasons of sadness. The Bible says in Psalms 126.5, Those who sow in tears will, will reap with shouts of joy. We need to understand that in the moment that we feel like it, it's a great time to serve God and worship God and lift up his name. And in the moment we don't feel like it, it's a great time to serve God and, and praise God and lift up his name. Let all, let all the people declare. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let all circumstances be aligned with the purposes of God. May we be awakened to what God desires to accomplish even within our lives. Don't waste your passion on your past. It's It's your blank. You want to write that in. Don't waste your passion on your past. It is so easy to forget the ability to dream forward because we're so steeped in regret and we're passionate about our mistakes how many of you've made bad mistakes like crazy bad mistakes hold your hand up there be loud be proud we've blown it we've blown it so many times we had a blowout Like big mistakes, I understand, I can relate, I identify. Big mistakes of the past. Stop wasting your passion on the past. Stop wasting so much passion on regret. Stop wasting so much passion on what you didn't do. There's too much to do for you to be dwelling there and looking back. Let's look forward. Let's go ahead. Come on, God can do this thing, He can bring you out of it. Great days ahead. Great days are ahead. Why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your future is so bright, you need sunglasses to dream, baby. Come on, there's some good days ahead. When we look at ourselves, how many of you have ever looked in the mirror, and and let's just have a moment here. How many ever looked in the mirror and you had to walk through the disappointment of what you saw? Right? You look in the mirror and you just think, I'm just so disappointed. And listen, when you look at you, you see what you have done. When God looks at you, he sees what he has done. I mean, you have to understand this. Jesus didn't die so we could merely go to church and add a religious, a religious equation to the steps of our lives that we are wanting to live out. Jesus didn't die. So you could just add a little religion and a little Jesus here and a little Jesus there and try not to feel so bad about what a horrible person you are. Jesus didn't die for that. Let's let's don't reduce the crucifixion of Christ, all the suffering and pain and bleeding to death that he endured. Let's not reduce it to that. Let's realize once we actually receive Christ, we're drawn into him. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. When God looks at you, he sees his son, Jesus, and the sacrifice he made. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves everything about when he looks at you because he sees you through the blood of jesus christ let me say again when you look at you you see what you have done when god looks at you he sees what jesus has done you are the righteousness of god like he didn't just die to make you good second corinthians five twenty one is a great verse of scripture it says he who knew no sin jesus became sin so that you and i might become the righteousness of god Like, we're not just righteous, we're not just good. We're the very righteousness of God through Christ. Like, you can't do that on your own. You didn't do anything good enough to get there, and you're not doing anything bad enough for God not to appreciate what he's done in you. (laughs) Amazing. He's such a good, good God. So Zechariah's message is like time capsules releasing inspiration throughout all these ages, empowering God's people to live life from God's perspective. And this is the famous scripture, and I declare this today in agreement as our uh, worship team starts to make their way up. Not by might, nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord. In this place of great discouragement to all of Israel, Zechariah's words were not, by, not in the strength of humanity. Nothing you can do will get you where God will take you if you're willing to simply submit to what he has already done. I want to break discouragement off of some people today. I just want to break that, and I want to say it again. Show yourself. It's become embedded in areas of our lives and we're not even really honest about how discouraged we've truly become. Wake up to the fact that God wants you to rise up and use every circumstance that comes your way in an effort to step up and release God's kingdom in a whole brand new dimension in your life. Stop letting your Goliath discourage you. He didn't come to defeat you. He came to promote you. We possess last blank we possess a god-given ability to be defined by eternal purposes rather than temporal pain (laughs) that is a statement we possess a god-given ability to be defined by eternal purposes rather than our temporal pain how many of you know there's some pain there's a lot of pain but there's a lot more healing. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot more love. There's a lot of sin, but there's a lot more grace. Outrageous grace. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous grace. So here, here is... I want you just to stand if, if this is you, okay? Uh, this is my challenge, my call. I want to pray that some discouragement be broken. But if, if, you, if you identify with this and you say, I just need you to pray for me right now, Pastor. God is still at work, even if you've grown completely discouraged. That's you, just stand. God is still at work, even if you've grown completely discouraged. Suddenly, we begin to acknowledge, I've allowed myself to grow completely discouraged but God is still at work God is still at work like after everything that Israel had gone through Zechariah shows up on the scene and says I know you've given up you seems seems like the thread that you've been hanging on has now been snipped it's been cut and it just looks like there's no hope God is still at work even when you have grown completely discouraged Anybody else? You say, I just need to be honest about this today. Just give you just another moment. We're breaking that discouragement today. We're breaking it today in Jesus' name. The devil is a liar. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Something is to be awakened within us today. So that I, I, I do not ever want to show up here and try and give you my best message. I want us to encounter God. It it takes every day, every day, every day, our willingness to embrace all he has in store to win this battle. And we are winners. We're winners. I want to ask those of you around those standing, just stand up and put a hand on them. And I want to say this before you break into focus of prayer. Listen very carefully, guys. Church family? Church family? We come in this room week after week after week, and there are people that walk in these doors that sometimes feel completely discouraged. We need to be sensitive to that. And when we walk in, look for anybody we can be encouraging, sitting by, pulling in, ministering to, have a word for. Listen, you are a ministry team. We need to to be doing what we're doing right now in an expression of the way we just live life in general. So come on, why don't you just cover these that have, have stood. Lord, we stand in agreement today. In Jesus' name, we break the spirit of discouragement. Discouragement is broken courage is the opposite of discouragement. Somewhere along the lines of our discouraged circumstance, then we start to lose courage to hold an attitude of faith about the mountain or the giant or the circumstance or whatever it may be. And we break that now in Jesus' name. I thank you. You're the God that heals us. I thank you, Lord. You're a God that restores us, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. I thank you. You're the God of provision, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. I thank you father that your towns, your people will again overflow with prosperity and the Lord again will comfort God's people. Zechariah chapter one, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty, Zechariah 4, 6. Lord, we declare your word today. We rise up in an attitude and a perspective of your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, in the name of the Lord, it really is more than just a a verse we splash, but there's something about kissing the enemy away by the clapping of our hands. Would you just stand? We all stand together, and we declare today that that enemy of discouragement is broken, kicked out, come on, destroyed. There was a day when Goliath got his head chopped off. There was a day when that discouraging giant That had been so intimidating, no longer had breath in his body, no longer had a hold on God's army. There was a day where your enemy was defeated. Let this be that day. Let this be.